Welcome to the seventh episode of the Trials of a Casual Wargamer podcast. This episode is about the naval game, Victory at Sea, brought to you by Warlord Games. Now, this was another lockdown purchase of mine, and I haven't played it heavily, as I've yet to get to face a human opponent. But, I will still give you my first impressions. So, here we go. What's new? Well, with the car finally repaired, very expensively, this month's been a bit tight, so definitely no carriers coming this month for Victory at Sea. But I did manage to convince my family to play D&D. Now, I only have young children, so it's a very simplified version of D&D. But they seem to like it. Even the wife has joined in, though she did suggest that we, we try and use models more than just sitting around the table talking about it, as my kids are only five and seven. So the models help them a bit better. So I managed to get each character their own mini and I ordered some goblins for this site called Flatpack Forces. I have mentioned them before. They arrived last week and I have to say, they are brilliant. Great quality, you just pop them off the MDF frame, put them in their base and you're ready to go. Pre-painted, the painting looks brilliant. Perfect for D&D when you just need some quick characters or quick baddies thrown up. And super cheap, £5. For 13, I think it is, goblins. Brilliant. I'm going to buy some more stuff from them. They've got some orcs, some cultists, all manner of different things. Definitely going to buy some more to expand the D&D collection. We made some characters up. My wife wanted to be a druid. She is a hippie at heart. So she's a, a wood elf druid. My youngest wanted to be a halfling ranger because he wanted to shoot arrows just like his older brother, who is a dwarf ranger. Now, I obviously have to DM it, as none of them have played D&D before. But I thought I'd make up a barbarian just to give the party a bit of muscle. Because two rangers and a druid, if they get into a physical fight, are going to get beaten at lower levels. So, my narcoleptic barbarian was born. He often sleeps through fights, but he wakes up when he's needed. So, we've managed to do, I think it was two sessions of uh, Dungeons and & Dragons, and the kids seem to love it so far. We did one session and then they kept asking and asking, so we had to do the next one a day and a half later. It's a super basic campaign. Obviously, as I've mentioned, my kids are quite young. So it's go there, kill those goblins, find some gold, come back. But I have got the starting of a story developing with a mysterious black skull being the main enemy. Well, that's pretty much all that's new. So let's crack on talking about Victory at Sea. Victory at Sea. It all started when my friend Matt got me into a computer game called World of Warships Legends on my PlayStation 4, but it is available on all the other consoles. This piqued my interest in naval World War II history. Now, I knew Warlord had already previously released a game called Cruel Seas. This was a naval game for the smaller craft in the war, the motor torpedo boats, and I think the PT boats, and I don't know what the German ones were called, but sort of that type of duels between the smaller craft. I wasn't really interested in this because I preferred the big battleships, the cruisers and the aircraft carriers. So when I heard about Victory at Sea, I was quite interested. And thanks to Covid, I've not had to do a couple of commutes, which has saved me a bit of money in petrol. So I thought I'd treat myself and I'd pick up the starter set. The starter set is based in the Pacific. God, I really can't say that word. So it, it focuses on the US Navy and the Imperial Japanese Navy. I would have preferred the Royal Navy as I'm just a sucker for anything British. 
but I wanted the starter set as it has the quick start rules, all the tokens and everything you need in it. So that's what I got. Plus, you get two small fleets, so that's a bargain. Unfortunately then, the realities of COVID bit quite hard. In a pure gaming sense, I mean I know there's obviously more important things in the world going on, but the release was delayed all the way back till September, so I had to wait anyway all through lockdown. But finally the day came and the box arrived and I eagerly opened up to see what I had. Now, this game is set at the 1800 scale, so this was a completely new scale for me. The ships look tiny to my eyes, but I suppose if you're going to have a game with lots of battleships in, you're going to need it to be a smaller size, otherwise you wouldn't fit a lot on the board, would you? Now, I know a lot has been said online about the bases you get with Victory at Sea, and honestly, I'm a whole new to the whole naval wargaming thing, so they didn't bother me, and I'm quite used to them. I've never known any difference, and I quite like it. Now, if you've not heard of any of this, basically the ships come on pre-done bases, and you can't take them off, they're all integrated together. And I think some naval wargamers didn't like this, and they prefer to have the ships just on their own and not with bases. But if they didn't have the bases, the ships would look really tiny to me. But as I said, I'm a noob to naval wargaming, but I actually quite like them. They've even got the nameplates of the ships put on the side so you can identify what ship's which. Now the models are made of resin. I have heard of a couple of these come being bent but that can easily be sold with a bit of hot water and bending them back. And a couple of them have been broke but most people seem to get them all intact. And they're really nice sculpts, you can see lots of detail. Especially on such a small scale it's really quite cool. The models themselves weren't too fiddly to put together. It is as I said, as I keep saying sorry, it's a tiny scale. You do have to stick the turrets on, that's probably the easiest bits. The only bit I found quite hard was the various little cranes and aerials you have to fit on. They were a bit awkward for my fat fingers. As I mentioned, in the starter set you get two small fleets. You actually get 15 vessels. You get 9 US Navy vessels and 6 Imperial Japanese vessels. Your US fleet consists of 3 cruisers and 6 destroyers. The cruisers are, I believe, a Portland class and two Northampton class ships, and all the destroyers are Fletcher destroyers. In the Imperial Japanese Navy fleet, you get three heavy cruisers and three destroyers. Now, I am terrible at pronouncing Japanese names, so apologies if these sound awful. Just trying to work out what they sound like. You get two, I believe, Megami cruisers and one Kumo cruiser, and some Fubuki class destroyers. Also, with any good war game, you get a nice chunk of tokens. These ones are all cardboard, and they just punch out of the usual cardboard holding. They're fairly decent, and the artwork's quite nice on them. You get a movement template, which does look very odd, and looks super complicated, but once you've used it once or twice, it's dead easy. Also, as a nice touch, every ship you get, gets its own ship card, with all the information you need on it. And really nicely as well, on the back, it has all the information about when the ship was refitted. Various refits give the ships newer and better capabilities. So it's quite nice because then you can choose a year to play and what ship you have from that year. So you might have a cruiser that was in nine, around in 1941, but then was refitted in 1943. So you can play two, almost two different ships as it were. As well as a starter set, you could buy fleet boxes. These contain more ships, including a carrier. You can get a US Navy one, an Imperial Japanese Navy one, a Royal Navy one, and the Kriegsmarine. Plus they've sold a, a extra battleships separately. This year the Italians have been released as well, along with submarines and motor torpedo boats. Now, I know they said that Cruel Seas already had these, 
but in the 1-1800 scale you get two motor torpedo boats on a template and they are super tiny. Plus also there's a hardback rulebook that's come out that contains even more rules, covers all the fleets that you'll ever need and has a load of scenarios in. I do need to pick this up at some point. As I've mentioned constantly, I do want to add carriers to my own little fleets because I feel every World War II fleet needs a carrier, but I have also added some battleships as well. I have the USS Idaho for my US Navy fleet and the giant Yamato for my Imperial Japanese fleet. Touch wood and every other thing and uh, don't jinx it, uh, but hopefully in the next couple of months I will have carriers fleets as well. I've also seen some rather snazzy 3D printed planes to use as my flights and also to stick some on the deck of my carriers just to give them that extra cool look. Now, COVID has obviously stopped me playing a human opponent, but I have played a couple of solo games and to me the rules seem quite simple and quick to pick up, as most of Warlord games rules are really. As I've mentioned before, I'm not a naval war gamer, so I can't really compare it to other games. It doesn't strike me as a simulation game though, due to the simplicity of the rules. It strikes me as a game that you can just have a laugh with your friends quite easily over a beer or two and not have to follow charts or anything too complicated. Reading on the Facebook group, there do seem to be a couple of issues with the rules, but uh, most people seem quite happy with them and they all seem to be playing games happily. They are quite hard to hit, but when they do hit, they can sink a ship potentially in one go. This makes destroyers quite formidable if you let them too close to your big ships but also destroyers can be blown to pieces. Now my friend Matt who introduced me to World of Warships Legends, I managed to drag him away from Games Workshop and convince him to buy into this game as well. And I can't wait for lockdown to ease so we can go to our local game shop and have a game. There seems to be plenty of releases to come as I've mentioned, sub, submarines, motor torpedo boats, there's going to be lots of flights of aeroplanes. I've heard on the Facebook group and I've heard it said on another podcast I believe that Warlord are trying to get a model for everything that floated in World War II. That's quite ambitious, but quite impressive as well. Well, back to the gameplay, let's have a chat about that. As you can imagine, every ship has a plethora of weapons to choose from. The battleships have their big guns and their secondary weapons. The carriers have their flights of aircraft to try and bomb the hell out of the ships. Destroyers have their light guns and torpedoes. The torpedoes in the game are super simplified compared to what I've seen in uh, Cruel Seas by a cruiser or a battleship. The damage to the ships is quite interesting as well. All ships have like health points and if you get to a certain point the ship becomes crippled. But if you're rolling to hit or damage I believe it is and you roll a six you could potentially cause a critical hit. Critical hits are to the bits like the engines, the crew areas or weapons and they can stack on top of each other and get worse and worse and worse depending on how many more times you get hit in that, that critical area. Sometimes one can have a knock-on effect of the other as well. So if you lose some weapons, soon after you might lose some crew. You do have a chance of repairing these as well. Also, there's a critical hit where if you roll and you're really lucky, you could blow up a ship in one hit. As I said, the gameplay is pretty smooth and uh, quite simple. So that's pretty much it really, I think. As I, also, as I've said, I've not played enough games to give you a proper in-depth do. I'll have to do another one after I've played a couple of games against a live opponent. Now, painting up the ships is quite simple. You can go for a really basic paint job, which is what I did, because you know, I'm not a fan of painting that much. I just picked out a couple of little details, like the life rafts and stuff like that. Or you can go big and paint them really nicely with the actual camouflage schemes that some of the ships had and getting the right color deck in and everything like that. 
Matt has done a great job and plenty of research and his fleet looks amazing, it has to be said. There are pictures of Matt's fleets up on my blog, I believe. I best go and double check now I've said it. But they are there somewhere. They're definitely on my Facebook page anyway. So just give Trials of a war Casual Wargamer a, a search and I'll pop up there. Oh, that's pretty much it for Victory at Sea. Once again, I'm hoping I'll do another podcast after I've played a couple of games and we can go a bit more in-depth into the ins and outs of it all. What is on the hobby table? Well, it's actually been quite a busy time. On my paint table, the Rift Grenadiers are still there being slowly worked on. I also, as I've mentioned, tried to get the family into D&D, so I brought each character a model. So I've painted all of those. The Druid has more of an Elf Ranger type model, and I managed to get a Halfling Ranger and a Dwarf Ranger model and a Barbarian for myself. So they're all painted, based, and all set to go. Once again, pictures on my blog if you want to go and have a look. Also, I think I've talked about a couple of adventures we've done as well, so check them out. Any other business? Not really this week, as I say, it's been quite a slow week. I do need to crack on and get some paints. Not so much replacement paints, but just more colours. Everyone else seems to have loads of different shades of one colour, and I don't. And I have to keep mixing it with black or white to make it darker or lighter. And it just seems a massive faff. I think I just need every couple of months to just go, right, I'm going to buy a blue and then buy several different versions of that blue. This should improve my painting, surely. As well as probably time and patience and effort. But unfortunately, I do keep getting distracted by different miniatures that I want to see and want to buy but I do need to sort my paints out. Well, that's it for today. Again, apologies for it being a short one, but I can't really talk too in-depth on Victory at Sea. But I still wanted to cover it, as it looks a really cool game, and I'm quite impressed with my fleets that are sat on my shelf. So, fingers crossed, we'll be playing soon. Anyway, stay safe out there, and keep them dice rolling.